brother, and praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. I remember the first time I walked into an apostolic church and everybody was saying, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I said, well, praise him. And where I came from, everybody would say, God bless you, God bless you. Well, you can't bless everything, but you can always praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God. It's such a joy to be here. And if you are a guest today, let me tell you, I am a guest and I am probably from the furthest part away. I'm from Georgia. So if you need help understanding me, we will pray for an interpretation after I get done. And, uh, but it is a joy to see you. Why don't you shake hands with about four people and say, I wished I looked as good as you do this morning. Amen. Well, some of you are having a convention. And uh, no, it's really, really good to be in church today. And uh, when I first walked into an apostolic church, I was just in awe at the way people worship the Lord. I came from a background where people shouted, but it was, it was sort of violent shouting. God had to knock them around a little bit, but it is so good to be in the church to where there is the free flow of worship just because God is good. So if you're a guest here today, it's a wonderful thing to engage in worship. And you will feel something when you are engaged in worship that you may not feel at any other time in your life because it is when you connect with God and God can speak to you and God can deal with you, God can talk with you and commune with you and that is our communion with God. So it's not odd to see people lift their hands, it's not odd to see people cry, it's not odd to even see people laugh. And so everything Every emotion is acceptable in the house of God. Every emotion, ever how you feel. Sometimes people run. Sometimes people leap. Sometimes people dance. And all of that is good. And it's all right. Amen. Praise God. And it's a wonderful thing to be in the house of God this morning. Amen. And all of you look so, you look as fresh as the sunshine outside. 
And I know you haven't seen much of that lately, but uh, you're getting it now and it's great. And uh, thank God for, it's probably nicer here today than it is in Georgia. And, uh, but I am thrilled to be here with you. I want to preach, teach to us this morning. And um, I preach different than I teach. My pastor taught me to do that. He said, you are explaining the word of God when you teach and you are proclaiming the word of God when you preach. So you'll notice, uh, I hope you'll notice a noticeable difference if the Lord helps me today. But I wanna take us to the book of Proverbs, chapter number 23 and verse number seven. And this is where I want to launch from today and... Uh, allow the Lord to speak to us for the next few minutes. And it is simply this, Proverbs 23 and verse number seven. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith to thee, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with me or with thee. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. I want to talk to us today about revival thinking. Revival thinking. And we know what revival is. Revival is the outpouring of the Holy Ghost and the moving of God's spirit. We believe in that here. We believe in the free flow of the move of God's spirit. We believe everybody ought to have the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is evidenced in us by speaking in other tongues. We do not seek tongues, we seek God and it happens. And it is a miraculous thing. It's just like, how does a baby learn to talk? Well, they hang around people that talk. How do you get to the point that you can speak in tongues? You will hang around people that speak in tongues. And you'll see how easy it is. It's not difficult. It's, it's very easy to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And I want to talk about some of that thinking today. Revival thinking. Would you join me and let's pray and ask God to help us this morning. God, I ask you to talk to us. Help us with your word. Give us what we need today. Help us to think right. Help us to think properly. Help us to think revival. Help us to think growth. Help us to think people receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Help us to think people being baptized in Jesus' name. And then God bring it to pass. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. God bless you. So I will be teaching about having the proper, proper thoughts to cause us to grow and have revival. Revival is the end result of a great church. A great church that worships, there's gonna be revival. A great church that understands holiness, there's going to be revival. A great church that has apostolic preaching. And that means like the apostles did. That's what the term apostolic, it's on the front of the church. 
right here behind me on the outside, an apostolic church. That means we pattern after the apostles. We're not patterned after the church world. We're not patterned after um, other modes of religion or other theologies. We want to go to the Bible. The Bible is the primary source of what we believe. And if we believe something and it's not in the Bible, we're believing the wrong thing. Amen. But if it's in the Bible, so says me. I want to believe it. I want to have it. And so if God's word talks about it, I want it. If it talks about the Holy Ghost, I want it. If it talks about baptism in Jesus' name, water baptism in Jesus' name, totally immersed in the water, I want it. If it talks about a separated life, I want it. And one of the things that drew me to the apostolic church was the fact that they were still preaching and practicing some principles of holiness and that, that drew me into the presence of God. And I was, just a, I was just a young kid that was hungry. I received the Holy Ghost at the age of seven. And uh, so I already had the Holy Ghost, but I was hungry. I was nosy. And I wanted to find out why those people were different. And there was something noticeably different about them. It wasn't just the way they dressed. They said things like, praise the Lord when they shook hands with one another. And wow, that impressed me. My first time to meet an apostolic was at Northside Elementary School. I was about seven years old and I was nosy. And they were playing softball on the softball field. And so... I went to inquire who they were because those ladies, if they were getting into the car, they had to get in like this because their hair was way up there. I don't know if they put cereal boxes in it or what they did to get it stacked up so high, but it was... Uh, it was an amazing thing. And when I saw them, I saw the picture was a Pentecostal preacher's wife. And she was out there pitching to all those young people and they were playing softball. And I said, I think I'll go over there and find out who they are. So I went over and I asked, what church do you go to? That was my first question. It wasn't how are you? It's what church do you go to? They said, we go to the United Pentecostal Church. And I said, well, where is that? Now, I'm nosy, and I'm getting answers. And then she began to tell me about a youth camp and about all, I saw all the kids. And that was my introduction to apostolic Pentecostals. And then at the age of 17, I came in contact with them again. And I came to the knowledge of the truth. I was baptized when I was 18 years old. I thought my mother and dad were going to disown me 
they almost did. My dad uh, took away the keys to my truck, said, if you're going to do that, you're not going to drive this truck. And so I walked where I went, took a cab, and most of the places that I was going was to preach. It was quite expensive to go out of town in a taxi cab. But uh, I made it. I survived. And then a few years later, my mother came to the truth. And I will never forget, I was preaching revival in southern Illinois, and my mother was there. And God filled her with the Holy Ghost during the altar service while I had my hands on her head. She received the Holy Ghost and she said, what has happened to me? And I said, it's the Holy Ghost. And I began to explain it. I sent a Bible study to my mother, taught it on a cassette tape. Anybody remember cassette tapes? Well, about one fourth of you remember them. And uh, we don't even hardly have CDs anymore. And uh, it's MP3s. And so I sent a cassette tape and a Bible study book to my mother. She called me. She said, I'm getting baptized. And I said, okay, great. When? She said, well, they said as quick as I could. Quinn, can you get here? And I said, I'll be there in a couple days. And I went down to see her baptized And then she gave the book to my aunt, who gave it to another aunt, who gave it to a niece, who gave it to a nephew, who gave it, gave it, gave it, gave it, gave it. It finally reached my sister. And she was baptized in Jesus' name. Many of those other relatives were and uh, came to the knowledge of the truth. I was a thousand miles away and taught it on a cassette tape and sent the Bible study. God's word does not return void. And if you think you can, you can. If you believe it is possible, it is possible. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. So I want to teach about having the proper thoughts to cause us to grow and have revival. How we think does matter. Our thoughts cause us to act and react in certain ways. So proper thinking is we must think growth. It is the right thing to think that the church should grow. It should increase. It should get bigger. It should become stronger. And it should have revival. Amen. Praise God. Well, why don't you just clap your hands one time? Yeah. Yeah. Proverbs 23 and 7 says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. So as we think in our heart, if we think revival, if we think, oh, they'll never want what I've got. I'm I'm too ashamed. I'm too embarrassed. I'm not ashamed to walk up to anybody. I carry a pack of cards in my, in my shirt and my method of evangelism. If, if my, I walk in out the door and my wife says, where are you going? I'm going to Walmart. What do you need? Nothing. I need to go meet some people. 
And I go to Walmart, get me a buggy, throw something in it that I'm not going to buy. And uh, I walk around and I try to meet people. And I say, my name is Mark Fogarty. And I go to the Lighthouse United Pentecostal Church. And I would like to invite you. I don't teach them a 30-minute Bible study. I just try to get them to come to church. And if they come to church, they're going to feel what I felt. If they walk through the doors, they're going to sense what I sensed. They're going to say, there's more to this than what I'm used to. There's, there's got to be more. There's got to be something more, something exciting. And I want it. I'm hungry for it. And, and uh, you know, I was already saved. You know, saved. That's a word that's used very loosely. But boy, when I walked in to an apostolic church, and we had a custom. They sang out of the songbook, and when they got to the chorus, they laid the songbook down, and everybody clapped. I said, I've never seen anything like this. I've never in my life seen anything like this. And so as I was experiencing that, it was an incredible feeling. And I want to share that with others. I want to share it with other people. I want them to have that experience. Amen. Praise God. If they have not had the experience, I want them to enjoy that experience. So we've got to have proper thinking. We've got to think growth. We've got to think revival as we think in our heart. What we think is what we are. Matthew says, O generation of vipers, how can ye being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. If we think discouragement, compromise, sin, growth, Revival, righteousness, prospering, doing well, and etc. No matter which side of the coin you're thinking on, you're going to have more of it. But if you're thinking encouragement, the goodness of God, the greatness of God, the power of God, you'll be looking around in a service and you'll be looking for somebody that God is moving on. Just... It may be just ever so slight, just something just about like that. Their hand begins to tremble a little bit and they're holding on to the pew or the seat in front of them and all of a sudden they're feeling, they're just overwhelmed. They're just, just a, little, a little quake and a little quiver and you're watching for that and their tears are running out of their eyes they got their eyes closed. I'm not trying to give you all my signs this morning, but I'm, I look for those things. And then all of a sudden when their hands just sort of go like this, whoo, hallelujah, we're getting somewhere now. And then all of a sudden the power of God is moving and the spirit of the Lord is falling and somebody's getting ready to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise God. I remember a few years ago, there was a soldier and his wife, he was dressed in all of his 
sailor's outfit and she was dressed well, yeah. She was dressed, dressed, almost undressed. And so she got to crying during the service. And I went over, I said, how do you feel? She said, what in the world is happening to me? I said, it's the spirit of God. Doesn't it feel good? She said, well, it feels good, but it sure is scary. I've never felt anything like this in church in my life. And so I said, well, why don't you just, why not just make yourself a funnel and do like this? She said, will that help? I said, it might ease the pressure. And she lifted her hands and I said, now I'm gonna lay my hands on your head and something miraculously is fixing to happen to you. And ruby red lips begin to speak in other tongues. And the other stuff started running down her face. She looked at me, she said, what just happened to me? I said, you just received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. It doesn't happen unless you think it can happen. And so it happened. And she, she said, wow. And she grabbed me. And she kissed me on the cheek. And I had a birthmark for three days. Mwah. And we had a guest speaker of all times. He said, I will never get over what you just went through. <laughs> and so people were just so happy. You know, some people are just so happy. And so if you think it can happen, it can happen. If we think discouragement, we're going to get it. If we think compromise, if we're worried about the church going the wrong direction, it's probably going to happen. If we're worried about it going the right direction, it's probably going to happen. And so think on these things, whatsoever things are good, of a good report, things that are honest, you know. Yeah, there we go. There's a scripture right up there. That, that's the Lord. That's the Lord and whoever's in that sound booth just put that up there. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, lovely, of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. There's not one negative thing in that verse of scripture. Amen. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So we gotta have the proper thoughts proper thinking. And then not only that, we have to have the proper environment. You can bake, you can make, I don't know, does anybody make biscuits in North Dakota? I fell out of the tree. <laughs> One or two, you brave souls. Do you whop them on the counter or take them out of the freezer? Or do you make them? Now they tell me when you make a biscuit, I don't know what this feels like, but they tell me that when you make a biscuit, you knead it in your hand 
until it has a certain consistency and then you know it's ready to go in the pan. And now this is what I don't know. They say it will feel like a baby's behind. That's when you know it's ready. So you ladies, good luck. And uh, so we, uh, well, I forgot what I was going to say about biscuits. It was something about biscuits. And uh, uh, it was, uh, so people make biscuits in North Dakota. That's a great revelation to me. (laughs) It threw me for a loop. If you're going to think right, you've got to have the proper environment. If you're going to think right, you will have to, you will have to, you, then you will have to with people that think right. So that, what that means is if you're going to think right, you've got to run with the right kind of people. Amen. You can't hang around with a nag. Do you know what a nag is? That's somebody that just nag, 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 nag. Fuss, 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 fuss. Complain, complain, complain. Sad, sad, sad. There. I would lots rather hang around with a glad bag than a sad sack. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. So who you run with does make a difference. It really does. We are influenced by our friends and our associates We run with those up the ladder. I want to hang out with somebody that is above me, that can pull me up. I don't want to hang out with somebody that's pressing me down, saying, I don't know if you're going to make it, brother. I I just don't know if you're going to make it. I like for somebody, I, I don't like for them to, when they see me for the first time, come out and I'm, I'm, I'm as ready as I'm going to get. And there's some things that don't change, you know, so I, I can't change some things. And, and uh, I walk out in my best suit and somebody says, what are you wearing that for? Well, I thought I looked nice in it till this moment. <laughs> and yeah, you know, what, you know what I'm saying. Who you run with, what they say to you, gives you an environment that will either make you blessed or cursed. Amen. Praise God. Run with those up the ladder. I want to run with people that are achieving. I want to run with people that are building a church. I want to run with people that have got proper thoughts. I want to, I don't, I don't want to, well, hallelujah, hallelujah. They, uh, hallelujah, praise God. I want to run with people that will lift me up. Amen, that when I leave them, I feel encouraged. This is the kind of church that encourages me. It makes me want to preach. It makes me want to say something good. Amen, praise God. And I want you to leave here feeling better than you did when you came. So I want to pull you up the ladder. I will give you this illustration. If you are always pushing up on the person ahead of you and pulling up on the person behind you, you will have always have somebody pulling on you 
and somebody pushing on you to succeed. So it's important that we are always pushing up. Pastor, that was a great message. Oh, music was great today. Singing was good. Somebody knew on the keyboard, mm, that was awesome. That was great. Somebody new joins the praise team, tell them, oh my, you carried yourself so well and, and you sounded so good and you look so pretty today. If it's a young lady, if it's a man, just say, well, you were there. <laughs> you were there and accounted for. And so uh, compliments are cheap. They're cheap. They're very inexpensive to give. And they are, they are good. The proper environment. One, one pastor's wife, uh, was she always wanted to say something good to all the children. And there was this one little boy that just, he, he was a holy terror. And y'all get any visual pictures? And uh, he, was just a, he was just a really, really bad little boy. And uh, she was trying to, he was leaving and she was trying to think of something to say to him. He had been such a mess and said, oh, Johnny, you kept your shoes so clean today in church. It's about the only thing that was left on him that was clean. And the crackers were in his hair. The peanut butter was up his nose. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry gross you out and uh, uh, so think of something good to say always pulling up on somebody beneath you and pushing up on somebody above you then you'll always have somebody pulling you up and somebody behind you pushing you amen praise God you this now this is this is one of the most philosophical statements I've made in a year are you ready? You can't scratch with the chickens and soar with the eagles at the same time. Wow. Do y'all have chickens in North Dakota? You have eggs, I suppose. And the chicken came first. Or did the egg come first? I'm not sure. Thank God made the first chicken. But boy, they got with it quick, didn't they? And there's a lot of eggs and lots of chickens and lots of biddies, but you cannot scratch. And we have in Georgia, the chickens scratch in the chicken yard. They're looking for little bugs and things they can turn into eggs. <laughs> Worms, crickets, roaches, little bugs that they can turn into eggs. And then we can eat the eggs. Oh, hallelujah. That was a revelation, folks. And so you cannot scratch with the chickens and soar with the eagles at the same time. You cannot do that. Lift your sights and it will lift your spirits. Lift up your head. Don't walk like this. Don't walk with a downtrodden attitude, but walk with a 
Walk with a lift to your head, a lift to your eyes. You're looking around and you're seeing beautiful people in Bismarck, North Dakota this morning. And outside the window is beautiful sunshine and there's very little snow on the ground. There's not much green yet, but maybe next week. And things are looking up. Things are looking great. There's traffic up and down this road out here. That means there's a lot of people that are not here with us today that we can reach. There's so much to do, so much to do, so many people to meet, so many people to talk to, so many people that want what you've got and they don't even know it. So many people that are downtrodden today, that are sad, that are having, they're having, they're having major problems, major difficulties, and they're wishing somebody would come and tell them what they could do to make it better. A proper environment, proper environment. If you're going to think right, you'll have to hang with the right people. Who you run with makes a difference. We are influenced by our friends and our associates up the ladder, accept the challenge, lift your sights, and it will lift your spirit. Then you have to have proper faith. What is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. When I look at someone that may be a first-time guest at our church, I look at someone through the eyes of what they can be. And I'm very gentle. I'm very gentle when I'm preaching. I'm very gentle when I'm reaching. I want the conviction of God, not the conviction of Mark Fogarty. I want the drawing of God to draw. And I usually, I, I walk up to somebody, maybe the first time they've ever been there. And the other day I was in a store. She said, the lady of the cashier said, are you a pastor? And I said, yes, ma'am, I am. And she said, and I know what church you're the pastor of. And I said, really? She said, uh, I've been there. She said, and I felt, I felt the most welcoming, kind, gentle tug while you were preaching. And she said, I've never done this before, but I just lifted my hands. And when I lifted my hands, it was like immediately you were right there. Well, I was looking for that. And when she lifted her hands, I... I said, I told her, I said, I'm gonna lay my hand on your head, don't be afraid. I'm gonna pray for you. And boy, the tears started flowing. She started crying and praying. She said, I have never felt what I felt in that church service. Amen, praise God. That's what we call watch and pray. I'm praying, but I'm looking. I'm looking for that one hungry soul. One hungry soul can change the whole dynamics of every service. Amen. Praise God. 
So proper faith, what is faith? It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Sometimes you don't see the evidence of what God wants to do. They may look very hardened. I can only imagine what some of you look like the first time you came to an apostolic church. And I'm not talking about your exterior. I'm talking about your attitude. Well, I'm here. Bless God. Probably didn't even add to bless God. Just I am here, but nothing is happening to me tonight. Oh, I love it when people are that way because they're the ones God just draws a big bull's eye on their head. Boom, shaka boom. And God just zeroes in on them. Amen, praise God. So everyone has faith. We all believe something about the future of the church. Some believe that it will be good, others bad. We need proper faith. I believe it is the will of God for this to be the biggest church in this city. Amen. It's got the ingredients. It definitely needs to be the most liveliest church in this city. Amen. And, and it is. It's, very, it's a great church, great place to be. If I lived in Bismarck, North Dakota, I would come to church here. I would want to come to church here. And uh, I probably don't want to live here. But I would want to come to church here if I did live here. But you are special people. You have a great atmosphere. The atmosphere of this church is, is drawing. It's connecting. It's reaching. It's, it's a great atmosphere. So faith for revival, we've got to understand what brings revival. Here's what it is. We till, we plant, we water, we reap. We till, we plant, we water, and we reap. And we have to have a balance of each. If we're always plowing the field and not putting any seed in the ground, we're not gonna have a harvest. But we till, we plant, we water, we reap. And God gives the increase. Doing the right things cause us to have the right faith. We do not have revival because we do nothing for revival. But we have revival because we are reaching for revival. I remember we were having a prayer revival. You know, prayer revivals. Um, do y'all have prayer revivals in North Dakota where you just pray, come and pray every night? Y'all do that? Maybe not. Okay. It looks foreign on your face. It looks like it might be foreign. Well, we have a revival where we do nothing but pray. We come and we pray and we pray every night. Now, to be honest, can I be honest? Or would you want me to lie to you? No, I'll, I'm gonna be honest. Not much happens in a prayer revival. Brother Joe usually goes to sleep. And there's some that get up and go to the bathroom 15 times and I know their kidneys are not doing that. And, uh, 
then so there's, you know, but, but then there are those that really dig in. Well, one night in a sleepy prayer revival, this lady walks in, never been to our church before. It was not a regular service. It was a prayer revival. She saw the cars and she walked in and she walked right to the pulpit and stood right here. And she said, I need prayer. I said, yes, ma'am, you're in the right place. That's what we're doing is praying. And so I got around there to her and when they heard me praying for somebody, several came over. I had no idea who this woman was. No, I didn't know her. I'd never seen her before. In a matter of seconds, God filled her with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Boom! And when she looked at me, she said, I am, and if you don't know what this means, you ask somebody else, okay? She said, I am the town harlot. That's not the word she used. And she said, I need God so bad. I have lost my children. I'm losing everything I've got. I'm hooked. I'm hooked on drugs. I can't eat. I can't hold anything down. She said, I have never felt anything like I just felt. Never. And I watched as God transformed her life. God gave her back her kids. God put her life together. Now only God can do that. The proper atmosphere. God will send people if we are hungry for people to have an experience. He will send them. Amen. Praise God. Well, we got to understand what brings revival. We got to do the proper things to have the proper results. Proper faith produces proper actions. When our faith in God is such that we believe he can, he will, and he desires to save, we will act. We will teach that Bible study knowing that God wants to save them. It doesn't matter whether it's at the living room, doesn't matter if it's at the kitchen table, it doesn't matter where the word is going forth, but right then, right then, they can receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost was teaching a man a Bible study in Illinois when I pastored there. And this man was, it was a difficult Bible study. But we got at one point in the lesson and he said, I need God. He didn't even know I was the pastor of the church. Mark, I need God. And I said, you can have him right now. I said, so what I want you to do is to repent of your sins he repented of his sins, and I'm going to tell you, his house was horrible. There was dirty cups everywhere, dirty plates. There. I don't. I think he had to go wash something to eat off of it. It was. It. It smelled 
It was not a pleasant atmosphere. But I watched as that man repented of his sins and God filled him with the Holy Ghost. And I baptized him in Jesus' name. That's when he found out I was the pastor. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hungry hearts that need something. When we do the proper things, we receive the proper things. When our faith in God is such that we believe that he can, he will, and he desires to, he will act. We will act. God will act. If you believe no one wants what we have, you will do nothing. But when you believe that folks want it, you offer it. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, thou hast faith, I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, you do well. The devils also believe and tremble. But will thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest, now you know the story, he did not offer Isaac, but God saw that he did. Amen. Just a little side note, that's another message. I'll talk about that another time. Seest thou have faith wrought with his works and by works was faith made perfect and the scripture was fulfilled which said Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. What, what a tag to have on your name, the friend of God. I can count on Abraham. I can count on this man. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers had sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. So we've got to do the proper things. We've got to, we've got to engage. Faith without works is dead. We've got to have now the proper action. The proper action. Faith always causes action. The sound of thunder and the sight of lightning will cause us to believe that there is an impending storm. The sound, the sight. We begin to take shelter to get out of the weather. What we believe causes us to take action. If we believe the book and we believe God wants everybody to have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, then we take action. We talk about it. We visit about it. I don't drink coffee, but we drink coffee over it. We drink Coke Zero over it. Hallelujah. Now, I can handle that. Most people drink coffee around where we are. And what, what kind would you like? They take me to these exotic coffee places. Coke Zero, please. 
Well, don't you know that the coffee costs more than the Coke Zero? It doesn't matter. I'm not buying it because of the price. I'm buying it because that's what I want. Proper action. Faith always causes action. So thunder and lightning lets you know there's a storm coming. We begin to take shelter to get out of the weather and what we believe causes us to take action. And when you come to church and you sit arms folded, legs crossed, relaxed, you're not ready for a move of God, you will take no action. But when you walk in and you're expecting God to do, you're gonna spend some time in prayer. You're gonna believe for it. You're going to expect it to happen. Noah, he heard from God. He believed God. He acted out his plan and he rejoiced in the reward. We never read where God spoke to him again after the initial instruction. Build an ark. Well, <laughs> never been one of those built. I'll give you the plan. You just build it and I'm gonna fill the earth with water. Never had happened before, but he did it. He did all this by faith and his faith brought about the rain and the best part is the floating. The boat floated, hallelujah. Now, little side note, it was pitched within and pitched without. So there is a direct connection but with what is on the inside of us and what is on the outside of us and our actions. Amen. Praise God. We're rare. Did you know that? Do you know what it means to be rare? It means you don't find us just anywhere. So we are rare people. We are God's people. And I'm glad to be rare and I'm not talking about the cooking of the steak. I'm glad to be rare. Well, I have a few things that I will close with. Never before had it rained, but it rained. One faith and thoughts our faith and our thoughts will drive us to growth. If you believe you can grow, you can grow. What we believe will cause us to act. Sunday morning, and it's like this church, Sunday morning at, at uh, the Lighthouse is an evangelistic service. We're reaching for people, we're pulling for people, we're gonna sing songs that will draw people and we're gonna have an altar call. It's very rare that we do not have an altar service. And uh, even on days like Easter and other special days, I want to have an altar service because people are hungry for God. People are looking for answers and they walk in and they see all of us respond hands up and tears running down our cheeks. What is it that makes these people do this? 
What is it? What, what is it that they're feeling that I'm not feeling? I want to feel it. Amen. Praise God. We, what we believe will cause us to act the way we act. We build the ark before the rain ever falls. Before the rain ever falls. We have a visitor's program before we get the visitor. We have youth program before we get the youth. We have a new converts program before we get the new converts. You got to have it in place. Now, if you, if you hear this last statement that I'm going to make, I may make more after this last one, but hear this last one. Take the next step towards revival. And that will position you for the next step of revival. If you need, and, and this church is a perfect church. I mean, it's really a great church. You're in a great place. You're doing a good thing. There's, there's longevity of leadership here. There's an atmosphere of growth. There's new people on the pews. There's, there's just, you know, it's just, a, it's just a great place to be. But if I could leave you with one thing that I would say, take the next step towards revival. Now, I don't, I'm, I'm sure you already have this, but for example, a church that is wanting to grow, then they need to institute a newcomer's class, a, new life class, a new this or a new that, whatever you want to call it. Call it the elephant's location, whatever you want to call it. And this, it, is, it is the class where new people go to learn about the church. And these classes are very, very important because you're taking the next step. So when I'm talking to a pastor and he says, I want to grow, I say, well, do you have this? Well, we check that off. Do you have this? We check that off. Do you have this? We check that off. And then we get to something that they're not doing, that it's been proven it works if you do it. And I say, well, have you thought about this? And then they say, well, no, we don't do that. Then do the next thing. So for you as an individual, the next step to revival in your life is you get you a person that you are going to win to God. You're going to be nice to them. You're going to know their name every time you see them. You're going to feel comfortable with them. You're going to probably get a Bible study with them. You're going to reach them. And they are going to be hungry for God. They're going to want what you are and what you have. And you don't have to flaunt it or advertise it. All you got to do is walk in. When you walk in the room, let me tell you, the lights come on. And if you don't think of yourself you, you, that way, then you got a little, pro, it's, it's called stinking thinking. 
because you have something to offer. Oh my goodness, I'm out of time. That was my last thought. I went one minute over and I can stop on a dime. This expresses what you believe. This reveals faith. Take the next step towards revival. Thank you for your attention. I know I've been a little different today and uh, I'm always fresh as a daisy in the morning. And uh, so, Amen. I believe that. I wonder if, as we go into this next service, if we could uh, take that step of faith. You you already are halfway here. You already got out of bed this morning. You got yourself dressed. You drove here. You're sitting in the pew. And it's because you believe. It's because you have faith. Amen. That's why you're here. And if you need the Holy Ghost today, If you've never been baptized today, if you need to be refilled with the Holy Ghost, if you need something from God today, why don't you just take the next step and just receive it and believe that that's what God wants to give you today. So let's go into this next service uh, with that attitude. Uh, Let's take five minutes and we'll, uh, we'll reconvene in five minutes. Thank you.